This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. So what gets you into the Christmas mood? I've met two kinds of people. The people right now who have just cranked the Christmas tunes and making Christmas cookies and everything else, and we're doing it before Thanksgiving because they just really needed the spirit. Um, And others who just can't seem to get into the spirit. Americans now spend $650 billion on gifts between Thanksgiving and and Christmas. Another 1.3 billion is spent on Christmas trees alone. Wasn't it Lucy that said, what a racket? The leftover turkey hasn't even been touched before Americans are scrambling to pull the boxes of decorations out of the attic and put the Christmas tree up, hang the lights on in the outside of the house, and head to the stores for holiday shopping. This Thanksgiving, I did all of those things on Thanksgiving, except for heading to the store. It seems maybe it's because of the older I get, the more I realize all of the effort and all of the expense doesn't add anything to Christmas. When you remember Christmas as a kid, you remember it Because somehow people were different. I don't even know if that's true. We tend to remember things differently than they actually happened. But people were nicer and everybody just had a nicer attitude. Again, true? I don't know. I remember it that way. We get so consumed with creating the ultimate Christmas experience... And with the parties and with everything that we have to do, that we start to lose. My, my wife and I have this argument every holiday season. She will set out the calendar and we have this and then we have Cheyenne has to go to ballet because it's the Nutcracker and she's got this. And then there's the Christmas party at the church and then the Christmas party here. And then we've been invited over here. And I finally say, let's go to nothing. Let's not do any of those things. None of those. Let's just experience the season. Let's go and serve. Because that's what we're supposed to do. I don't know about you, but every time I go do some service project, I grumble about it all the way there. I've got so many things to do. The last thing I have to do is this. And then every time I'm coming home, I say to my kids or to my wife, why don't we do this all the time? We, on the way there, we think we're going to help some people out. And then on the way home, we realized those people helped us out. There is a ministry just 
a few miles down the street from our studios here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that understands the truth that the Christmas season isn't about the packages, boxes, or bags, not about the tree, not about the cookies, not about anything. It's about serving people. Their Christmas outreach program started with just a handful of people a few years ago and now grown into thousands of volunteers who experience what is becoming an elusive Christmas spirit that we chase after year after year. This year, we had our cameras chase after it to follow some of Beautiful Feet's volunteers during their Christmas caroling blitz to remind you and to remind me that Christmas is really about bringing any kind of gift to those in need, delivered with love. started um, when my parents were in seminary in Fort Worth, and um, they just had a heart for the poor and the needy. And so they began with a guitar and Dunkin' Donuts, and they went down to the water gardens and just sang songs and um, eventually formed friendships with homeless people and invited them to church. I got invited to go reach out to touch some homeless people in a local park called the Water Gardens. And while I was out there, I guess you could just say I just really fell in love with uh, touching people that were in the inner city. And so it was kind of my first encounter being around homeless. Just within a few weeks, God had just birthed this ministry. and Nobody really sat down with a pen and paper and planned it, but that was 35 years ago. It's just a unique environment where anybody is welcome. Hey, guys, so... So we, we're busy bees all day, but we're going to stop now and we're going to give honor to the Lord. We're going to pray that He keeps us safe and um, that the gospel goes out. But we're excited and thank you all for being here, Oklahoma and War Eagle. And, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're excited that you all are here and we're just going to pray and ask the Lord to protect our, our evening and to bless our evening. You know, guys, this is a great time to give the gospel out. And we're thankful for everybody showing up for their time. Some of y'all drove from Oklahoma and everybody that's here right now and the ones that will follow. This is a great time for us to, to share Christ during this season. And what better way to take toys out and tell them about the indescribable gift of Jesus because hopefully our giving gifts uh, leads them to want the ultimate because we know gifts, the kind of gifts we give, mm, it's only temporal. But the gift that Christ gives is eternal, right, preacher? Amen. All right, let's pray together. Father, we just bless you for this time. We we just ask God that you just be glorified and honored as we uh, team together. We thank for so many people that have given for this night. Even those that are, haven't or won't be showing up have also given to this 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 night to to bless the the inner city. 
And we thank you for all those families that will be blessed tonight and all those surprise visits and the, and the Christmas carols that goes out on the porches and the, the women and men and children that will be witnessing love, unconditional love on their front porch. We pray for every driver. We pray for everybody that's in the mix tonight. We pray for safety on these streets. And we pray that ultimately that, God, you be honored and, and, and uplifted. For it is all about you in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. 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 All right, you got to hug two and a half people before you move the circle. <laughs> two and a half, two and a half, two and a half. <laughs> I'll get my one right there. There's a half. Give me that half. <laughs> You're in Beautiful Feet Ministries, and this is the best night of the year. So we're about to walk into the kitchen where we have um, prepared about 2,000 cookies um, because we will have about 2,000 volunteers to join us after tonight's event. Um, and we will eat homemade cookies. Um, just over here, you can see um, where we have people that give out haircuts to the homeless every Monday. So you get to see lots of different things that we do throughout the week. This is just the highlight of the year. Tonight's activities, we will go out on 60 different trailers to 60 different neighborhoods. And we will take toys, bikes, blankets, any type of gifting. Um, and we will sing Christmas carols. And we will just um, spread the love of God to the inner city families. And so it's a fun night for the church to gather together and be the church. And it's also a fun night for um, the homeless in the inner city just to be blessed and um, have a hope and a gift for this Christmas. The first year we did it, we just had a small group when we walked around the neighborhood with a guitar and sang Christmas carols, didn't give any toys away. And then the next year, um, my husband, Mike, he said, listen, he's from Mississippi. He said, let's make this a hayride. That'd be kind of fun. I am from Mississippi. I do know about hayride in the country. Never done one in the city, but always wanted to. So therefore, we saw an opportunity to, uh, one year we went around Christmas Carol and we said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we had a hayride and we attracted people to come in and sing songs, go on a hayride and go door to door uh, in, in lower income neighborhoods to present the gospel in a creative form and to bring them cheer. And then, whoa, lo and behold, somebody threw water on that thing and started growing. Just the beginning of the day will be a general hustle and bustle of sorting out toys. We'll sort about 50 boxes of toys and 50 boxes of um, blankets and just hygiene stuff and things that we can give adults and teenagers. Every box has... Um, multiple gifts, little kids, adult, teenage gifts, and then we'll load all these up on a trailers. And some trailers already have gifts. A lot of groups bring their own gifts. Some groups don't have a lot of gifts. So then we'll take these gifts that were donated to us and then fill up every trailer. We have dolls, we have candles, gloves, hats, coloring books, any kind of children's toy, blankets, lotions, just and honestly anything. There's a wide variety of toys, games, and clothes. There'll be a team dividing the bikes so that each trailer has different size bikes. It's several weeks before Christmas, but some kids will get bicycles tomorrow night and they're not, they don't even know they're going to get them. We went to a Hispanic home and none of us knew anything but broken Spanish. And we were stumbling through Feliz Navidad and um, 
All we saw was the mom and the dad, and um, all we had left were two bikes. We had nothing for the parents. This was our last house, and um, we were really disappointed. We really had literal li little communication that we could actually give them, and then we really had nothing to offer them other than the Bible for their home, and they were really appreciative. They were super thankful for just that, and then um, the driver said, why don't we just go ahead and give them the, next, the two bikes that we have that we never found the right size kiddo for and so we brought the bikes up and as we were bringing the bikes up two little boys came out of the bathtub and they just started screaming in English that's all I wanted for Christmas and they dropped their towel I mean it was just this huge fiasco but it was also this beautiful picture of we had no idea that that would be our last house and we had we felt like we had nothing to offer and it was just exactly what they wanted. They have been uh, donated from different organizations and, and it's from different families of, of different churches as well. And so the way we're sorting them right now is we are doing a, a small bike, boy bike, and a small girl bike, and then a large boy bike and a large girl bike. It's a special night for all of us because it's when all the volunteers have been doing stuff throughout the year kind of come back and they're kind of a part, of, we're all kind of together for the first time during you know, this one event. Uh, I love the fact that we're spreading the good news of Christmas to the community have trailers start coming in between two and four and we'll assign them a route and so each route has been designed and um, to hit about two blocks of homes and um, because there's a lot of mobility in the inner city and so and um, they're designed to where maybe one area is a little bit darker than the other maybe there's a few more houses and um, we don't like to give a huge route to each trailer because we want and um, the people that are volunteering to really be able to be intentional and have conversations with those families. I saw a family just start crying on the front porch because they were so blessed and they, um, one lady knew she, she couldn't afford Christmas for her kids and there we were showing up with these, these gifts and, and she felt a lot of mixed emotions. Pretty much her tears said it all. And so it kind of just uh, made us realize that, you know, it was kind of like a Robin Hood thing. We took from the rich, we gave to the poor, and hey, we're just the guys with the in the Sherwood Forest doing our job. And so it's pretty pretty awesome, you know, to see that kind of happen. Um, this is the kitchen where we have done over 80 pounds of chili meat in the last two days, and we're going to serve about a thousand people and volunteers tonight. After everything is done, we'll meet back up and we'll drink hot chocolate eat um, chili and we'll have some sugar cookies and so this is kind of the eye in the storm where everything is kind of um, getting together for tonight. We're going to feed the masses that come when they come back. We're going to have a, like a chili cook-off, we'll have Christmas cookies. We make it really Christmassy and it's a delightful event even just for the workers and the carolers that go out. So you're getting to bless people that are underprivileged but you also come back and have a a time of just uh, enjoying Christmas party as well. We are uh, missionaries. We've been in Jamaica. We are headed to Rio Bravo, uh, Mexico at the beginning of the year. We are at a deaf school. Um, we've been here just over a year. We had a baby and um, so we come to Beautiful Feet to help out and um, this is actually one of our family's favorite time to come is to come and make the food, the um, cookies, the cornbread, the chili. We just had some uh, a young uh, a father and a, and a young lad come with his, you know, a son uh, with the, with the dad, and uh, saw the bikes over there. When are you coming to our neighborhood? Are you coming down east? I think it was, 
I forgot the name of the street, but anyway, um, and that was pretty cool. You know, they know it's happening tonight. It's a very special night for the neighborhoods. Um, we're out to, you know, love on people, and I think that's really special. If you could just say your name and then spell it for me. The whole name? My name is Pam Alza, P-A-M-A-U-Z-Z-A, Alza, like Yowza. <laughs> well, I got involved with Beautiful Feet because, um, because I was one of the ones that was lost. And I got, I kind of, you know, for 27 years, I kind of went the wrong way. And I got stuck in sin. And then I got homeless for nine years. And so I started coming up here to eat. And then I ended up losing my children through CPS because of my alcohol and my drugs that I was doing. And, um, and then I got rescued when I went to jail. The last time I went to jail, the Lord, I went to jail on August 16, 2001. And on October the 7th of 2001, the Lord, he, uh, he, he appeared himself to me. And I was sitting in the jail cell reading John 8, 311. And it was talking about a woman caught in adultery. And I'm just sitting there in my little orange suit, you know, from the jail. And um, all of a sudden, I just looked down on the ground, and I could see the angel of the Lord just knelt there. And I didn't see his face. I just saw this beautiful robe and this beautiful hair and, and just saw him knelt there. And, and then he just, that night, he just started talking to me. And then the next morning, he told me to get up and look in the mirror, told me to look in the mirror and tell myself that I love me. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't love me and I'm not going to do that, you know. And I sat there on the end of that bunk, you know, and I thought, what the heck, I'll do it anyway. But then when I got up to look in that little tin mirror thing, it's like I could see the angel of the Lord looking back at me. And I didn't understand it and I didn't comprehend it, but I knew something was different. And so even when I went downstairs to get my breakfast in the jail, even, even the guards were saying to me, what happened to you? You just look totally different. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I had a visit with the Lord last night. So, you know, it's only that I can tell you. So it was really amazing. And from that day forward, uh, I got out in December and I just, I just kept going with Christ. For the inner city, my hope would be that, um, that they would not feel forgotten, that they would know that they're not alone and that the, the church is behind them and that they are truly and genuinely loved. The Lord touches people's hearts out of giving unconditionally. And um, it's a good way to bring the real meaning back to the season. But I really think just out of God's heart for the inner city, most of what we do, God kind of raised it up. I don't think anybody really planned. I don't think any of us would have um, guessed that we would have 2,000 people coming to go caroling, you know. But it's just grown, and it's because people really do care. And I think people sometimes don't know how to reach out. They don't know. They know their people in the inner city, and they know their poor people in their community, but they don't know where to start. And so this is a way that they can come and they have something to give and it helps them to kind of open their hearts and their minds up to reaching out. My name is Paul Ruben Zang, Z-A-N-G. I'm not uh, originally from Texas, I'm from uh, Cameroon. At a point of my time I was uh, homeless, yes, uh, and uh, I ended up uh, living in a Presbyterian art shelter and a beautiful fit in one of the uh, Friday night outreach, uh, I came uh, in contact with them. We use this time uh, to share the love of Jesus Christ uh, with people, 
letting people know that uh, when we celebrate Christmas, we uh, celebrate the gift of life that God uh, brought to the humankind. So we use that opportunity uh, to reach people physical need so that we can uh, reach them uh, spiritually. It's a, a joy, it's an excitement, uh, knowing that uh, at the time of my life, uh, I was walking in darkness, not that uh, I walk in the light because Christ lives in me. Uh, the least I can do is to, to share that joy, uh, to, say, uh, to share that excitement with other people so that when they see me, it's not Paul they see, they see Jesus Christ. Yeah. A lot of folks are coming from areas that have wealth. This area does not have wealth. This is an impoverished area. This is the inner city. And I, and I hope they're leaving the bubble. And, they're, and I know what they did for my kids, you know, 20 plus years ago for my kids. They saw, they saw the, the, the other side of the world. And it's important for them to see that. Um, to come outside of the bubble, in the comfort zone, whatever it is, and, and um, to look at their neighbor differently. This is their neighbor, too. And um, so I'm, I'm hoping that people, you know, I don't know about you, but my first, hand, my first time here is it feels good to get out of my comfort zone. All right, Billy, so my friend Bowie right here is going to ask you a few questions. Okay. And you can look at me as you answer them. So first, could you just say your name? Well, my name is Billy, Collins, Billy Joe Collins. I'm a resident of Fort Worth, 72 years old. Born and raised here, and I'm a Vietnam War veteran, and uh, I've been coming to this church ever since 1983, and uh, I've made it my home church. I live eight miles from here, and I come on my bicycle, and uh, I was at home today, and he called me on the phone, Rev. Mike did told me they wanted me down here to sing. I told them I'd get up and come on. And I made it. I made it before 5 o'clock, too. I come down here and sing for the Lord. How I got started, one, one, one day I come down here and they didn't have no musician, no music. And so one of my lady friends told them that I could sing and they called me up, and I've been singing ever since. And that was years ago. I, I didn't come just to receive. I came to give, too. Every time I come down, I give I give the church something. I give Rev. Mike something, put in his hand, and it's for the church. And it, I feel good doing it because I'm obeying the Lord's uh, and that's where I get my blessing from, obedience. Hustle and Puzzle, a lot of organization at the beginning, and then, whoa, pep rally time. In this very room, uh, not everybody will fit in it for the pep rally, or I call the launch, the send-off. And when they come in, they're going to see a little girl sing. They're going to see some Chris, a Christmas carol. They're going to hear a, uh, our chairman to talk about our vision uh, of being about the beautiful feet ministry that supports the homeless here in Fort Worth. We're going into the sanctuary and 
And this is where, in a, just about an hour, we'll have almost 2,000 people somewhere in this vicinity. It will just be a really neat picture of the community. You'll see every race you can imagine. You'll see every kind of different church background you can imagine. And um, they will just come being eager to share the gospel and share Jesus and share gifts and um, just share hope for this um, Christmas season. So that's a really exciting part of this. And so um, all of the pews and everything is very original here. And so it's just a really neat thing. And my favorite part about Beautiful Feet is that it's a, it's just a church for the homeless. It's a church for anybody. And so you don't have to have a scan card. You don't have to have any form of ID. You can just come in and be yourself and really come as you are. And so that's a really neat part of Beautiful Feet is that it's really for anybody. You'll see millionaires sitting next to homeless people and nobody blinks an eye. It's just a normal um, part of our community here.
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. Honestly, I would have to say giving the gifts is awesome. It's awesome to see the expression on their faces. But the greatest thing we can hope for is to be able to like pray for these kids because these presents are like awesome for them. We're hoping that when they see these presents, they're going to see you know the love of God um, through what we're doing because it's not our works at all. It's God working through us. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. I'm really excited to see the kids this year. They're so excited. Sometimes they're waiting outside. Um, They know that we're coming, and they know that they get to have some smiles that they may not always get because it's a hard time of the year. Um, So that's what I'm most excited for. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was already expecting a child. 
we're going to go and like love on these people and knock on their doors and give them gifts and sing songs and it's going to be so much fun. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. What's your name? Um, Eric. 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 Oh my gosh, try not to smile, Eric. Yeah. Is there a bigger one since we only have one gift for her? Big brown. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. That one? Or can I, what about that little, that blue one? This one? Yeah, yeah like that works. Alright, thank you. Uh huh. I got a bike. Oh, this is your bike? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> That's you can share it with your brothers? Yeah. That's awesome. So is there anything that we can pray for y'all about? Like I know like you're about to step into a huge new position. Um, so if we could like pray for you about that and then anything else. They were, um, I had a lot of trouble with my pregnancy. And yeah. So they they were thinking my baby has like a tumor in her heart and stuff. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's hard. I'm really sorry. But he is so sovereign and he has got this, you know. He knows the outcome. He knows what's going to come. Um, Say thank you. Hey, guys. We're going to crowd around right now. Um, we're going to pray for this family. Uh, what's your name? Myra. Myra. Uh, Myra is pregnant, and she actually has some complications going on. Uh, she uh, has um, a baby that is expected at any day now, um, but there's a tumor. Is it a possible tumor? Yeah. That is... That, um, might might not affect her pregnancy so we're going to pray um but god is so sovereign and he knows this outcome he has got this right um and there is power in the name of jesus amen amen right she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them because there was no room in the inn available And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Thank you for everything you do in his life and keep on working through him, God. In your name we pray. Amen. God, I just want to pray for Erica. Um, please just uh, help her through this um, school time. Uh, we know it can be difficult and um, just very nerve-wracking uh, as we're going through it ourselves. Um, please just be with her um, and just bless her through this time. I bring you good news. 
that will cause great joy for all of the people. For today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone back to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I used to be on drugs too, so yes, yeah, I was on drugs for 23 years, bro. But I've been, for the grace of God, I've been out four years clean. Amen. And I don't sweat nobody. Yes, sir. That's my blessing. He blesses me every day. Yes, but Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The trailer comes by and drops all the people who've been caroling off, and they all come downstairs, and we have chili and cornbread and Christmas cookies and hot chocolate, and people just come in, and everybody's chatting about how great it was, so it's pretty cool. It's a great experience, really getting to meet a lot of families in need and uh, share the Christmas spirit, share God's message of Jesus Christ that uh, is really the meaning for Christmas and uh, really met a lot of people that um, had a lot of great need and that we can try to fulfill a little bit of that mostly with prayer. Last year they had come to my house and gave our presents and they really liked us so we had came to help other people to bless them. Those kids come out and they get so excited to see see all of us and just being able to pray with the families. Uh, we connected with a family last year and prayed over them and we've kept in touch with them throughout the year and have just been able to provide prayer and assistance with them. Biggest hope I have is that they would come to have a relationship with Jesus Christ because uh, I believe that is really their true hope. I don't think government programs and um, meeting their physical needs is their real hope, and I hope that they would come to know Christ in a real way. Our goal is that people would see gifts and, and, and somehow relate that to the real meaning of Christmas. We believe that Christ is the indescribable gift, and we know that um, Christmas means so much to, 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 to so many different things to so many people. They were like, oh my God, the people in, all, in the wagon, they, it's, they were like my Santa Claus. <laughs> what are your favorite sports, man? I love that You love your football? Yeah. It's a favorite team, man. Uh, you like the Cowboys? Wow. Yeah. 
kind of like a little blessing. We know that the gift giving is something we all can relate to. All of us are kids at Christmas. Mm-hmm. All of us love giving, getting gifts, right? And so if we can, if we can use the gift giving thing to bless people and to take that uh, upward a notch towards the Lord uh, and to, to talk about Christ uh, freely, um, that's the indescribable gift. I hope they get uh, a sense that they're loved and appreciated. And um, if they don't have a lot, um, that, you know, maybe we can add a little um, additional presence for the kids. A couple of deaths happened back to back, so they kind of put us in a hole a little bit. But I mean, we're trying to make it and, you know, do what we have to do. The experience was very positive. Uh, the kids love the gifts, uh, especially not knowing whether or not they're going to be able to have gifts this Christmas. You know what I mean? So for them to get there, they were, you know, excited and just very grateful of that. I hope that they can remember that, that it's, it's, it's nice to give gifts. But the biggest gift of all is, is Jesus Christ. And, and I think sometimes even we publicize that, but we don't feel it, we don't, we don't receive it. I think what we're doing here is what Christmas is all about. It's really about the birth of Christ. And it's about the love of God, that God sends the only begotten Son to be our, our, our Lord and Savior. And I, I believe that's very, very important. He's the greatest gift ever, that's a great gift. I think that's the love gift from God and hopefully we're leaving our nice little comfort zone, our homes and all that, and we're sharing that same kind of love with other people. I hope that the volunteers will catch a fever for the power of the gospel and that they will see that um, Christ's hope and His love can change anybody's life, including their own. You know, Christmas isn't about uh, us, it's about Christ and uh, who gave all for us and that uh, we can share the love of Christ through giving uh, of ourselves and our service and of our resources others in need. be honest, these toys are going to wear out. Bicycles wear out, as good as they are. And we love these things. But uh, if we could use that as a springboard to talk about how good God is and how He's a great giver through Christ, then that's, that's, that's gravy on the mountain, big time. You can honestly leave here and Christmas, is you're good. You know what I mean, for the year? It's good. You've, you've done Christmas if you've done this. You really, I mean that. You'll go home and feel great about yourself and about what you contributed. We're all sisters and brothers in Christ. And I hope everybody leave here with a joyful heart. And I'm going to say amen to that. <laughs> Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 